Welcome back to The Right Angle. It's Mo, it's the G-Man, and it's Igor. Igor, it's been a few weeks uh, since we spoke on The Right Angle. What's new on the left coast? Nothing especially exciting going on, I wouldn't say. Obviously, I don't know when it was because I don't tend to keep track of Gavin Newsom's whereabouts, but he won the award for education in California, which surprising everyone because we all know education in California is down the gutter since he closed down the schools. What sort of who, but, who uh, named him? What sort of an award was it? Who who bestowed it on him? Uh, it was either some national level award or state level. I don't know. I couldn't tell you because, again, I don't tend to follow him too closely. But I did hear that. And it's unfortunate, to say the least. He's not up for re-election, is he, this time around? Oh, he sure is. Oh, he is. So who's, uh, who's the Republican who's running against him as, as the primary happens? There's, I don't think there's any real standouts, to be honest. There aren't uh, on the left either. Yeah, I, I know there's some, I think Sean Collins is the name of one of them. But I truly couldn't tell you, unfortunately, and that's probably just due to the fact that they don't get their voices heard nearly as much out there. Is this going to be an election where the people are just going to possibly vote against Newsom just because it's him and vote for whoever is running against him? Or are you still too far into the socialist communism mode out there on the left coast. Yeah, obviously you would hope we could finally get him out and put anyone else in, but I don't know. It just seems like so many people are under his spell, so to speak. Um, I don't hear too much one way or another, but I mean, you just... If you hear one person praise Gavin Newsom, that's one too many people in his corner. <laughs> uh. So when the primary must not be for another week or two. It's got to be coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I know we had an election a few months ago where we voted, but um, yeah, I, I truly am not up to date on got it. the voting Got it. Well, G-Man, I know you, despite not living there, you keep up on Michigan politics to some extent because of Somewhat. our... Yeah. What do you think about the GOP nominee? Does she have a, a fighting chance or a better than fighting chance? I would have to say, in my own opinion, that if she doesn't win the election, that Michigan will go down the tubes Ooh. because... There, there has been, and, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, there has been a very serious neglect of leadership through the governor in Michigan for the past four years. She has done literally nothing for the people of Michigan. And what she ran on, which was fix the damn roads, uh, she hasn't done until, uh, I think, <laughs> this last three months where she's yeah. probably done, you know, what she thinks will be enough to get her reelected. She, she has not given us any shining light at the end of that dark tunnel that she created for the people of Michigan. And, and of course she's also a compulsive liar oh, because she no. also lied about uh, those people coming after her personally the FBI, uh, you know, said that that was a hoax. So you don't hear anything about that, you know. I would think that's something that you would maybe imprison somebody for when they're in that level of government. Yeah. Or you used to 20 years ago. Yeah, you wonder. It'll be interesting, uh, woman on woman, how they, uh, how the civility stands up or if it'll just be a cat fight. I haven't. I don't know that much about Tudor Dixon. I know that she was in the steel industry and then like a political commentator, 
but I guess I've never really heard her talk too much. Well, she's um, not Governor Whitless, and hopefully that's what will get her elected. Yeah. Because as I say, I you know I've just seen pictures of of Whitless on, as they call her on Fox News, um, on the on TV on Fox News, and she kind of looks evil when they show pictures of her. I know they show unflattering pictures of politicians when yeah. they don't like them and stuff, but but she kind of generates an evil look on whatever picture they show of her, and they've had four or five of them. Yeah. It will be interesting. It's kind of funny just in thinking about two women going up against each other because, you know, typically the liberal Democratic talking point is, well, you're not a real woman if you're a Republican because you don't support um, abortion. You don't support a woman's right to choose. You don't support this, that and the other thing. So they're they tend to run on a, a platform of. We fight for women, but these days they are about as far from fighting for women as you could possibly be because, one, they can't even define what a woman is, and two, <laughs> two they're the absolute opposite of fighting for women because, because they approve of trans people competing in their sports, they approve of the murder of children, they approve of basically everything that's demonizing and demeaning women in America these days. They are all for. Yeah, it's still unclear to me how those people can come up with the positions they do. And I guess coming up with them is one thing, but then trying to justify them based on some sort of empowerment or you're terminally repressed and this is the only way killing your baby unborn baby is the only way to make you equal to a man or something but then yep. a man has to turn into a one to dominate sports and yeah it's it's crazy i i think i've got it i think you they're, they're saying that the women can kill the babies but then the men will turn into women so they can have babies so that they won't kill them, that they won't kill the babies that the women are killing. I got it now. Oh. That, that, that makes perfect sense. Well, it just came to me. I know we're a ways off from New Year's, but I think my resolution is going to be winning Woman of the Year next year. Oh, I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you wonder how I, many. I, I got a question for you, Igor. Um, out on the uh, left coast, do you come in contact, do, do you surround yourself with people like-minded of yours, or do you unfortunately have to come in contact with stupidity out there a lot? Well, yeah, I mean, that second part is inevitable. Um, really, anywhere you go, um, to some extent or another, but definitely more so out in California. Um, but, you know, I, I do my best to surround myself and find a community of like-minded people, and I've been fortunate to do so. But you, I mean, you definitely, like I said, inevitably wind up around people who certainly do not agree with what I believe in. Uh, I mean, I, for the most part, can put differences aside and be cordial and friendly. And, I mean, I certainly have friendly relationships or friendships to some extent with people who I think if they <laughs> maybe knew the full extent of what I believe might see me differently. But, you know, you never know with that kind of stuff because people can surprise you. But yeah, definitely um, a lot of people who don't don't agree with what I with my view of the world. Have many of have many of the super woke like in the early days of the pandemic, have they seen the light at all do you get that sense or are they just still clinging to their masks and vaccines I, I i think i've touched on it a little bit in previous times i've been on the podcast but just there are those people who you kind of would have expected to be more on board with this stuff who are pretty over it and don't see any reason why it's happening and 
are uh, at least starting to question, well, you know, I shouldn't have to get a vaccine if I don't want one, which is a little victory, I suppose you could say. But yeah, I mean, there are some people who have, and I don't know if it was uh, more recently or a few years ago when they really started to turn but I know a, a small handful of people who are looking towards the uh, writer side, which is the writer side. And yeah, you can just <laughs> hope and pray that people continue to do that. But the transition seems to be tough for so many people who are so caught up in the lies they've been told over the past either four, ten however many years i mean going back to obama really yeah is when the lies truly began have you ever had a a light confrontation with anybody uh accidentally about any of those ideals that you have that they don't um not really i mean i don't go out of my way to confront necessarily anyone but i I've also become less worried about quote-unquote exposing myself just in terms of just, you know, what what I feel is common sense and just not controversial at all. And I think I've never been met with hostility or anything for what I've expressed because I don't think I express it in a way that's very antagonistic or holier-than-thou, but... Even though you yeah, are. Also... <laughs> we know that, G-Man. Yeah, but, uh... absolutely we know that. I, I, um... I've wanted, I'm just, I'm asking you that because I have been uh, like a shark in a chummed water looking, looking for a leftist to talk to me and try <laughs> to make me understand the stupidity that they've been following for at least the last two years with Haydn in office and yeah. and explain their train of thought as to why they're following this ignorance out there. And well, it's funny because if they're, if they're following Biden's train of thought, that crashed and burned about <laughs> three, 300 miles ago. Well, G-Man... That's true. Yeah. You had... At your reunion, you were telling us a few weeks ago, the one guy who you who you just sort of good naturedly said, hey, how's it going there with your president? But you didn't really drill into him and go to the depths that you were talking about in terms of shark attack. Well, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go after a minnow with that. Uh, and that's kind of what his brain must have been at the time. When you're dating a meth girl who's in prison uh, and waiting for her to get out in March and counting the days, I thought, gee whiz, you know, this is too easy. I can't, I can't go too hard on him. Had he not said that stuff, I probably would have gotten into it a little bit with him. But it was also the hunched over body and the big cane he was leaning against that I thought, geez, you know, it's, it'd be like kicking his cane out from underneath him uh, to try to make him explain why he thinks his leader has a brain in his head. Did you see, I was just reading up a little bit on Arizona's latest election fail from this last primary? I didn't hear that, no. Oh, I, I didn't read the whole story, but apparently... I don't know if it was in that same county where they had the problems before, but they they ran out. Let's see, what they do? They ran out of ballots, and they mailed like 63,000 to the wrong people. And the guy, that like the head of the electoral whatever, resigned. And I don't know if they're going to still count votes or recount votes or have to redo it or what, but it's unbelievable. Interesting that it happens in the in one of the very key spots. Yeah, that is is going to make things very red for certain people there. I, I, that they're still trying to do that stuff baffles me. They have to have fail safes for that this time. Yeah, they've done one of the most corrupt things in American history by stealing an election, a presidential election, 
which was overwhelmingly red. And for the life of me, I still don't know how they got away with it, but they better not get away with it again, including in California. Here's a question, and I ask you because uh, he wouldn't have the depth of knowledge that you do, but I was thinking in just one or two words, give me your comments, G-Man, on the presidents that I'll list in order since you have been in this earthly uh, existence. If you if you remember, I, obviously the first one being Eisenhower, do you have any recollection of him at all? As a president, I, I do not have a lot of recollection for him. Uh, I do remember seeing him when he came to a Boy Scout camp that my dad was a scout. Oh, wow. In, and he came and we got pictures of it and, wow. and all that kind of stuff. I do know, uh, I read extensively on him during World War II. Yeah. And, and how he handled those situations. And just by reading that stuff, I would say he would be a top five person for a president in my lifetime. Okay. All right. How about JFK? JFK, uh, you know, wasn't with us long enough. <laughs> the only thing I remember, I, I shouldn't even do this. He was, he, I suppose he was a kind of a half Reagan type of a thing. But I remember when, when he got shot, I think I was, you know, I was very young. Yep. And I remember that's when they came out with the $100,000 candy bar. Because I went to the store to get one, and everybody was moping around, and I'm going, what's the deal? You know, well, your president's been killed. Wow. And I go, oh, well, I'll take a $100,000 candy bar, you know? I don't know why that stuck in my head. Wow, just that's did. interesting. You know, the next day is, yep. is is when I went, and then my mom said, well, you moron, it, uh, your president's dead. Oh, so, all right, LBJ. LBJ. LBJ didn't do anything for me. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, he probably had the best grip on the situation he, he uh, went into with the Vietnam War and whatnot. Uh, I don't think he handled it well. So I would say he's lower, lower echelon president right. in my lifetime. Richard Nixon. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I like, um, how he did things. Uh, I don't like that he got caught doing some of the things, but I, I say, you know, you say Nixon now, and I say to myself, if he was a Democrat and that happened in today's time that he would not have been impeached. No, there's no way for what, what stupid stuff they did there, uh, that he would have been impeached for that. I don't even know, you know, why he put that stuff in the Watergate hotel. Uh, I mean, I do know, but, but you know, what, what would he gain by doing what he did? Yeah. I, I just, um, I, he gets 50, 50. I thought he was an okay president, but he failed being a crook. So. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Gerald R. Ford. Gerald R. Ford didn't do anything for me either. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't remember him doing anything earth-shattering, but then at the same time, when they don't do that, I, I think they might be a decent president because they didn't screw things up so bad that, you know, they would uh, cause things like Haydn's causing. Right. All right. <clears throat> Jimmy the Peanut Man. He was Carter. the worst. He was absolute. I remember when he was president, my brother bought a house and he paid listen to this people when jimmy carter was president he paid 18 percent interest on his mortgage for his house when he bought it Youch. during carter's administration did he ever have a chance to refinance or anything do you know oh yeah yeah he definitely refinanced but uh you know, it was, it was, you know, I don't know when he did it, but he certainly did it maybe once or even twice because it was so high when he bought it. And that's what everything was. I remember buying a car in that period and the interest rates were just through the roof. 
All right. He had no idea what he was doing either. No. He was he had, had a great heart, you know, and uh, you know, he I just think he was I think he's a little bit like Carmela. You know, de, you know, headlight, you know, deer in the headlights, that type yeah. of thing. I, I just yeah, he wasn't 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 good at all. Ronald Reagan. Reagan is the man. Reagan Reagan, as they say, you know, could go on both sides and come to an agree, make them come to an agreement. Um, and you know, Tip O'Neill, I think, was the Democratic yep. Speaker of the House, and and they were they were great friends, and they got things done because of that. You know, I'm sure he gave up some things, and uh, you know, Tip O'Neill gave up some stuff. There was never the animosity that you have nowadays, the the rage, and the evil outbreaks that are going on now i think he was probably in my lifetime the second best president all right he and he was a, he's a lot smarter than people gave him credit for, for oh sure. he was you better for believe sure. it absolutely absolutely all right bushy one bushy one uh i don't know he uh again you know, he's kind of, to me, an invisible president, which to me is, you know, gives you an extra 10, 15 points, because that means to me, you're not doing anything to damage or hurt my lifestyle. And, and I, and before you go to the next, uh, well, okay, go ahead, go, go on to the next one. Okay. Uh, George W. No, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was fun to follow. Because he was, um, you know, he was kind of like, to me, he was my president of my class. <laughs> you know, he would do very juvenile things, uh, very laughable, stupid things. And um, I also followed his antics on the Rush Limbaugh show quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed listening to Rush talk about how he screwed up everything. And, of course, we all know <clears throat> the biggest gaffe was the Monica Lewinsky, you know, and the blue dress. You know, um, I didn't have sex with her. Well, guess what? I've got the dress. <laughs> and that was classic. That made me laugh. So I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> hey, that's him. <laughs> Bill, is that you? Are you still married to uh, Hillbag? What, that old witch? Hey, we got to talk, buddy, sometime, okay? Did you buy Sounds that good, dress G from Man. her? <laughs> yeah, it was on sale. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bushy 2. Bushy 2 I didn't like. Uh, everyone said he was a Nimrod. <clears throat> but if you can land a fighter plane on an aircraft carrier... You do have some brain cells. Um, I don't like his policies that he had that were very weak on the border. Of course, he's from Texas, and he didn't want to upset his constituents down there. And that's one of the main reasons I didn't like a lot of his policies. He was weak on that. All right. Barry Obama. Uh, he... Um, his middle name speaks everything, volumes of, of him. I, that's what I call him all the time, Hussein. He is a terrorist, and he did, he did absolutely nothing for the American people. He did not one time go to a slain police officer's funeral, not once, in eight years. And that's a proven fact. He he was at a news conference once during Ramadan, and he had his watch and his ring off. And a reporter said, "Hey, where's your ring and your watch?" Oh, I, they're in getting cleaned, you know. And it's during Ramadan, you know, you can't wear jewelry uh -huh. when, when the uh, terrorists, you know, during their holiday. So he took his off. He's he's definitely, I think, a terrorist. What was it? He he bowed to the Saudi prince or whatever. What was that? When surprise me, I'll bet he did. Yeah, he he met some, you know, foreign, quote unquote, leader, dictator, and like bowed to him. Oh, that's right. You're right. He did do that. 
I remember that. And everybody was saying, you never do that. You never bow to another foreign power like that. One, one word answer, was he or was he not born in the United States? He was not. You heard it here. That's right. It's, he was, I, I he was hatched I, somewhere. I don't know how anyone except him can get away with basically not having any college records, not having any birth records, not having basically no knowledge of him before he started. Well, he was in the Senate and he did nothing there for six years or I don't know how he got away with that other than the obvious. People like that are pretty sneaky. You know, they they get in somehow, some way. They're pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are. Let's, he's not black, by the way. Everybody on earth, he's not black. He has a white mother. So. All right. And like the biggest, one of the biggest things, just for a side note, tangent really quick, of, uh, you know, 2008 when he was going into his presidency him the clintons they were all marriage is between a man and a woman and then by 2012 marriage uh, could be between anybody and and you know that that switch right there is like so indicative of the radicalization of the democratic party because up till that point I know you guys have brought it up in the last few podcasts. It's, it was like, by and large, at least in my understanding, the gay community had been content with civil unions, which were what had been agreed upon at some point along the way, where it's like, yeah, you can live together and be whatever, but you're not married. And that was like, yeah, okay, great. That's all we wanted. And then the radicals pushed for the redefinition of marriage and the Democrats hopped on board because they, I mean, they're the head of that war horse, if you will. But um, yeah, just a little interesting note yep. of the switch and flip-flop hypocrisy of hypocrisy. Yep. All right. Well, we will, uh, there's a subject, we'll come back to that. Donald J. Trump. Oh, he is number one. He is, as a matter of fact, nobody, well, you might be able to see that there, Mo. But I'm, oh, yeah. I guess you can't, but I'm holding in my hand as we speak, and you say that, yep. a Donald Trump golf ball from his Trump golf place down there in Florida. Nice. And uh, he, is, he is the number one president in history. Why? Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because he was not a politician. I told my brother years ago, uh, my brother that I would have political conversations with, quote unquote, that we needed a businessman in the White House so that they could go out and make America grow with their businesses. And that's exactly what trump did in four years he had the greatest economy in history in four years and, yeah. and he also uh played the field with everybody you know he gave he gave millions and millions of dollars to the black colleges yeah uh and you know the hispanic people and he, he did it for everybody he didn't do it just for for the white people or whatever and it's he's the greatest one there ever has been all right, and then which means wait a minute, which means I could be president because I'm a businessman. Yeah, and I've been a businessman for a long time, and I would know how to run the the government way better than Hayden. And you've got a trophy wife, so. Oh, I didn't think about that. Huh. <laughs> or wait, no, I mean I did think about that. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes, I've got a trophy wife, and uh, I hope she's not here. And um, and so yeah, so I'm in. You're in. I'm in. Yep. All right. Okay, well, ahead. the obvious Biden. I mean, in your mind, is he worse than Carter? More incompetent? Um, I, I I guess you're asking me to answer that. Uh, yeah. Since Igor wasn't around at that time, way 
way more. He is as incompetent as anybody can be in that. Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter had a heart. Uh, Haydn has nothing inside. He's, he's a shell of a man. He has nothing on his head, in his head. He has nothing in his chest. He is a zero. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he scares me because of that. He is the worst president in history. And you can tell by the numbers and the inflation and everything that's going on here and everything, everyone that he puts into into his uh, positions are zeros. Every single one of them. I'm thinking to myself, please, can't you can't you come up with somebody with a brain? Somebody? But he can't. I don't know if it's it's that uh, insecurity of not wanting anyone smarter than yourself in a position, or he literally, I mean, like you say, you go right down the list. Pete Budapest, total brainless. Judge my butt. <laughs> how about Jennifer Granholm? She, I didn't realize how dumb she was until she came back into the public spotlight. I, I was debating uh, with myself on... I don't know if she was as bad as witless as a governor. She just seemed totally overwhelmed by the job. And she just, I don't know, wasn't ready for it or something. But she was not memorable at all. No, she wasn't. Where's she presiding now, anyway? She's she got on a, the left coast? I don't know. She, that's where she was. But I don't know if she moved to Washington. Couldn't tell you, G-Man. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, there we have it. A firsthand look at uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Isn't that crazy? 13 presidents. Wow. That, you, that you've commented on. Man, I feel like I'm as old as dirt. Not 13 even. 13 presidents. Isn't that crazy? Now, let's, uh, let's see. Out of 13 presidents... Had I been able to vote for Eisenhower, yeah, that would be one. Uh, out of all the thirteen presidents, I think uh, four, four I didn't vote for because it was Clinton, yeah, Hussein, and Jimmy. All right, that sounds about right. Yeah, man, crazy. Hey, this is uh, this is earth-shattering. I think you'll agree. I was reading the story of Noah's Ark this past week, and you know what? When it came to repopulating the earth, God did not tell him to get two homosexuals and bring them into the ark. <laughs> Can you believe that? Isn't that isn't that just earth-shattering? Uh I mean, that's it's, because the text, the text is pretty specific. It says male and female. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he wrote the he wrote the Bible or he read or spoke for the Bible. And the Bible says no homosexuals. All right, G-Man, what do you got cooking on the local front or the in your craw front? Well, in my craw front. Well, you want my in, in my craw front or do you want you want some more political stuff like Ooh. the the. Uh, uh, I'll, I'm going to throw something at uh, Igor and ask him what he thinks about the uh, basketball player that's been imprisoned for oh. nine years in Russia. So that that is an actual sentencing? That yep. is a sentencing. Yeah. Nine years. For possession of marijuana. Basically. Possession of vape pipes with CBC or whatever it is. C CBD. CBD yeah. or whatever. Yeah. In it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's kind of two parts to this. One is this should have been something you were privy to before going over there um, in terms of what you're possessing and what they do or do not approve of. But obviously, I think, and it's indicative of, I think, the U.S.'s standing currently with our current administration is I don't think under Trump they would have had the balls to say, 
we're going to imprison one of your American athletes for nine years for something like this. I think it's total power move by them to say, we can do whatever we want and you're not going to do anything about it because obviously Biden can't string a sentence together, let alone attempt to intimidate Russia in any way. So, yeah, it's definitely wrong. Uh, there's no no way in heck uh, she should be serving a prison sentence in a foreign country for, you know, a relatively minor offense, all things considered, and especially something, you know, I obviously don't approve of, but, I mean, people in the U.S. are getting getting off uh, out of the out of prison and getting their bail covered for murdering people for the like by and large in the big blue cities around the country and yet someone can be sentenced to nine years in prison for having a vape pen it's pretty unreal she'd been to russia before right didn't she she played she... basketball in there for six years yeah. And so are we are we supposed to believe that a she had never done this before and b she really didn't know the laws or did she think she was above them? I mean, that's getting into obviously conjecture territory, but I don't think either way, you know, even if she did know, which I can't imagine you wouldn't I think it certainly could be an, an act of arrogance to or just, you know, this idea that I can get away with it somehow, whether it's because I'm a Olympic athlete or because I'm sneaky or whatever. But I think the conversation could divulge into just not, uh, pro not being productive if we just say, well, she should have known better. Because, yeah, we can say that about a lot of stuff, but the main focus should be whether or not she should be sentenced in a foreign prison, in a foreign country, in to prison for nine years, uh, as opposed to like six months. And granted, I don't know how international law works like that, or however, you know, foreign versus domestic uh, prison and trials and what have you, all the extent of the law like that, but. I mean, I, I don't think anyone could, even if you, you know, I'm sure don't agree with her standings politically, I, I could never approve of her going to prison for nine years. G-Man, what do you think? And do you think Biden will kowtow and do some sort of prisoner swap? He's, uh, you know, making... You know, he's puffing out his chest, let's say, at Putin. And Putin is probably laughing right back at him about that. And, of course, it is political that Putin has her over there and put her in prison. She won't be in for nine years for what she had. I, I will say this. I will say I would, um, I would like to see her have maybe a three years of community service in America for stupidity by packing that stuff to go over to Russia to begin with when you're doing that. I think it's also, like you say, Mo, it might be a little bit of arrogance that she's going, you know what, I'm going to go over there and I'm who I am and I've you know, played basketball there and blah, 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 and, and they're not going to do anything to me. Well, <laughs> Guess what? They did. If I packed my suitcase to go to Russia, I would make sure that my underwear were all white and not colored just to set off alarms with those people that go through your suitcases with yep. submachine guns when you go into their country. Uh, she she screwed up big time. Absolutely not. Should she spend She's already got what? What's she been in there? Four months? Five Something months? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, you know, prisoner exchange, there's another guy over there that is being held illegally and nobody's saying anything about him until this girl gets yeah. caught, you know, this black athlete. So 
Now we got to do something about it. I don't like that either. I, I think uh, I think something should have been done about the other guy much sooner than it has been. So um, she was an idiot for doing what she did. And how about the argument that if it was LeBron James, he'd already be back in the United States? Uh, I I doubt it. I I would think that would be a bigger prize for Putin. Yeah. If it was LeBron James. And I think he would keep him there. I think he has a very high disdain for probably American athletes and, and their, you know, their arrogance about things. It would, ironically, it would be kind of like Space Jam. He'd just keep him there to play basketball. just like, <laughs> Yeah. Just like the original Space Jam. That's right. Well, it'll be an interesting uh, saga. To me, her, her best community service would be agreeing never to play basketball again. That would probably be the highest service she could render, but I don't know. We shall see. All right, so let's let's move on down to your uh, in your craw department. Man, my craw department is it's happened a couple of times, and uh, Igor, this is this is not directed at you, uh, but when I'm in a place like say eating lunch, which is usually what it's been. And I give the young person, uh, say say I, my my lunch came to ten dollars and fifty six cents, and I give her a twenty or him a twenty and fifty six cents. They look at it with a very puzzled look on their face, and I'm thinking to myself already, it's like, oh God, you know, am I going to get my ten dollars back, or or what are they thinking when they're doing that? And inevitably, they'll give me back uh, $10.44 or something like that. And I'm going, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that whenever I'm giving them the correct change and they've got to give me some back from mm-hmm. the correct change, you know, to round it off, yeah, they always screw up. <laughs> I or I, I will say this. I'll, I, I don't mean to be general, you know, being general about that whole thing, but the last four times that I did that, they didn't know what to do. It is funny. I I know that exact look that you're talking about where they're like thinking, why did he do that? And then even worse, what am I going to do about it? Because I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. It's like they look, they just kind of stare at the coins Yes, you know, they get they get the dollars, but then they, huh? I wonder what those are. Quarter. <laughs> I forgot what that little one's called. And then they uh, got to count the change. It's yeah. like you know, count it, and then I, I always think that they can punch it into the register, and then it will say ten dollars back. Yeah, I know. You know, and they don't even do that. They go, uh, uh, okay, you know, and they. It's like, no, no, that's not right. No, and then people are probably saying, well, why do you do that? Why don't you just give them a $10 bill or whatever? It's because I don't want a bunch of change in my pocket. I'd rather have bills. And I'm not kidding you. 75% of the time, they don't know what to do. So there's our education system. Yeah, yeah, good point. I guess right now, isn't there like a national change shortage still where you can't either pay in change or they won't give you change back. I know. I think it's at Chipotle's or something. No. I went to recently. Panera. 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 Yeah. We can't give you change. I go, what? And I run outside and I look up at the banner. Oh, it says Panera. <laughs> you know, you're a business. Can I have some coins back? And then, you know what? In Panera, I'm going to say it. Panera, Panera, Panera. I went in there last week <laughs> and they said, if you want ice, for your in the machine, you got to you got to ask the people in the back room for the ice. And the last thing on earth I'm going to do is ask somebody <laughs> in the back room of a Panera to give me ice for my cup, because I don't know where it's coming from, and why it's not out in the machine to begin with. Oh, <laughs> oh customer service. No change? Customer. Are you kidding me? Or, or how about this? Have you ever done this? Here, here's a twenty for that. Oh God, I don't. 
I don't think we have enough bills to, you know, give you. It's a 20. I'm in Home Depot. Can I have my change back? Is everything done with a card nowadays? Igor, how how often do you use cash and how often do you use cards? Um, I typically use card. Um, I'm not often in a scenario either like at the grocery store I usually self check out and um for fast food or anything like that it's typically just debit card um yeah I don't typically use cash but I I've definitely done what you've done in terms of giving the exact change even if it's not the right bill amount and I think I've had good success with that i don't think i've ever had a confused young person gawking at it but um i certainly believe uh believe that because i've seen some pretty unfortunate lack of knowledge uh as of late okay that is uh i don't know if it's ever gonna quote return to the normal times i think it'll be more and more Venmos and cards and cashless and one card does it all. We'll see, I guess. But I don't know that change is ever going to make a big comeback. Let, let, let me ask both of you this question. Have you ever paid with a card at a restaurant and you put the tip in, you know, when you go to pay for it? Yeah. And when you get your credit card bill the tip is higher hmm i guess my wife normally checks that so i probably would not uh be a fair judge of that yeah nor i i don't think uh, i'll take note next time and see if that's the case well while we're speaking of it g man when you get a bill uh if you go to a restaurant and it's it's twenty dollars, you know that you order twenty dollars worth of food. So with tax, it's like twenty two, whatever. Do you figure your tip based on the whole entire price, including the tax, or do you back out the tax and just figure it on the food? I just figure it on the rounded off part of the of the bill. If you say it's twenty dollars. I I will always if it's good service uh-huh. I will always give twenty percent minus the change. Okay, if it's twenty dollars. I give four dollars, maybe five, six sometimes. Sometimes my wife chastises me because I give too much. Oh really? I've if never had that problem. If the service is good, yeah. If the service is bad, I won't want to give a tip, and she'll chastise me for not wanting to give a tip. I said, well, the service sucked. The food was terrible. And I don't want to give a tip. And then I wind up having to do it anyway because I'm married. Yeah. So do you ever give less than 15 like as a purpose slam? Like here's here's two bucks. One time. One time <laughs> did... in the last in the last year. And I had I think I told you I went to this particular restaurant and I swear to you. I was ravishingly hungry, and I ate it. But those ribs, I would not have served to a dog. (laughs) They were dry. They were almost tasteless. And when I got done, I thought, what did I just eat? And, and of course, my lovely wife says, why didn't you take it back? Why didn't you tell them to take it back? I said, because I wanted to spit on whatever they bring back to me. Because that's what they'll do. Was this a chain? Yes, it was you... Applebee's. Oops. <laughs> it was Applebee's. Oops. I'm sorry. It was. <laughs> That's they were bad. They, and I can eat I can eat dog food if I have to. Yeah. But not that kind. It's got to be moist. <laughs> oh. How Higer, about what they... about you? Well, I just wanted to bring up really quick. One of my biggest gripes is at at a food place where you pay at the counter. Yep. And oh, I know what you're going to say. It'll 
you'll pay at the counter and when you put your card in it'll say tip and then it'll give you an option for a tip and i'm like who am i tipping the person who did the bare minimum of the of their job standing behind the counter and taking my order because unless you're going above and beyond and like doing the job at a level no one's ever done it in humanity's history i don't (laughs) what am i going to tip you for yeah, that's that's it's the most ludicrous idea ever that you should like get a tip for standing behind a counter and taking an order. They have those pads and then it says like suggested tip 10 percent, 18 percent, 22 percent. And then in a tiny at the very bottom, it's like zero. No tip. Yeah, yeah. I, I it'd be very interesting to know how many people tip on those. You think it's one out of. 10 or one out of 50 or even less than that i think probably just depends where you are but maybe in los angeles probably one in 10 just because they feel bad about it i i hit it once or, or it came up and it was the same situation and it said uh tip and i go oh tip and i looked up at her and i said yeah uh, never pet a burning dog <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Is that what you wanted? Some kind of a tip? There you go. That's what it is. I'm not giving you any money because you're just standing there. Oh, well, speaking of of food, uh, in a way, you've heard the old thing, like you're invited to a party and you have to bring a dish to pass. (laughs) A potluck? Well, yeah, I got that once and I said dish to pass, so I brought a prostitute. (laughs) Uh, did anyone partake (laughs) i use that when i did stand up about 10 years ago at a local stand-up thing oh my god you did stand up yeah i did i think i did it two or three times it was very humbling really very because nobody laughed uh a few but i would say out of a five minute set that got a pretty good laugh and uh, a few others, but it's it's especially when you're trying to be like PG or PG thirteen. It's it's that much harder to make drunk audiences who go to those sort of open mic things. It's it's really hard to get them laugh. Igor, I know you had an experience with open mics once or twice. How did Ooh. that go? Um, it wasn't really an open mic. It was an a planned um show that a couple friends of mine put on in high school but i think i mean the experience was fun and and uh i think i learned a good amount but in terms of legitimate stand-up and open mic like you were saying it's a completely different thing because everyone there was from my high school and Uh. i kind of knew some jokes to uh to lean into just that everyone would be in on um, jokes that definitely would not have landed in a more general crowd. So I don't really attribute it as a real stand-up um, show, but it was definitely fun and I did get some good laughs and it was cool because the guy who hosts, who had the venue just gave us, I, I don't think all of the money, but I think we, the four of us walked away with like 45 bucks each, which as a high school kid was pretty sweet. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, in that capacity, I'm a professional stand-up comedian, and you're welcome to come with me, come to me with any questions. um, Yeah. Have you, G-Man, have you ever been tempted to go to an open mic night? You know, it's funny you should say that, because (laughs) I have a legal pad of things that I've written down uh, through marriage and such mm-hmm. that uh, um, I, I think are some of them are pretty darn good. And uh, that, that makes me think that maybe what you and I ought to do is uh, do a podcast with some of our stand-up. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I did before. I, I think I spent probably at least a year just sort of collecting stuff mostly in my head. And then, and then if it stuck with me long enough, I'd write it down and then of course, trying to string something together, not that I did it well, but to actually 
not just like, you know, say a joke, say a joke, say a joke, say a joke, but actually try to put together stories and carry through five minutes of, you know, material. The, the guys that can do that for an hour or whatever, that is, to me, that is the hardest form of entertainment because unlike a musician, when you think about it, people don't go to a musician to hear stuff they've never heard before. They want to hear the tried and true favorites. But when you go to see stand-up, you know, there may be a couple jokes that someone's famous for, but by and large, you go to hear stuff that you've never heard before. And that, I mean, comedy being so subjective, that is just, when you really think of it, it's it's crazy hard to do. That it is. Yeah, I, I will say the process of trying to write jokes and, and like you were saying, trying to, because, you know, the best comedians can have callbacks to some of their earliest jokes and just tie it in in such a intricate way. And yeah, the process of actually writing something that not only you think is funny, but will actually make other people laugh is an intimidating feat, uh, to say the least. Now, Mo, you said you did it in front of some drunk people. Don't they laugh at everything? I mean, it was, you know, the uh, it's it's a club that you, I don't know if you would have ever gone there. It's in the capital city of... I know which one you're talking about. Uh, yeah, they closed probably, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. But, you know, they had a main comedian. So they had like three or four people that would do like five minutes beforehand. And uh, I think the reason I did it is because I interviewed the guy who ran the place for a magazine article and... I mentioned, he goes, yeah, just give me a call sometime and we'll give you five minutes. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't like it was stony silence. In fact, <laughs> I think I, I, I still have somebody, somebody filmed it and I still have at least one of those performances. But it was not, you know, rollicking, you know, nonstop. You can't even give the next joke because people are laughing so hard. So there was, I mean, there were some probably genuine laughs and maybe some kind of courtesy laughs. Um, so by no means was it a disaster, but it just gave me an appreciation for how hard it is to A, you know, get up there and B, remember them and C, get the timing right and, you know, read the audience and stuff like that. But it's, it was definitely an education. Making it flow, I think would be the hardest yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, like you say, going from you know, one instance to another and, you know, making them connect. That's the hardest part. Because yeah. anybody, like you say, can go up and tell a joke and then, you know, tell the next one. And making it flow makes it, I think, a little more humorous. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll try that. We'll have a, uh, we'll we'll take like 10 minutes out of one of our future right angles and give it a, try and see if we get I guess when you don't get that immediate feedback obviously it makes it a lot harder too to know if you're just talking like we are into the ether who knows if unless you know you laugh at your own jokes or I laugh at yours or you laugh at mine if you, you laugh really at mine know. I'll laugh at yours okay <laughs> oh anything else to talk about I have one other thing and if no one else does no, my things will take up much more time. You tell me yours. All right. Well, this this could potentially, but, and this was going to be another one. We need to get a special guest CC on here sometime because I think he would have good insight into this. But, and this is something I think about fairly often. At what point, and I'll ask you specifically, G-Man, do you mow your own lawn or do you have someone cut it? No, I mow my own lawn. So yes, absolutely. at what at what point do people hire someone to do something that they would otherwise do? Is it a money thing? Is it a time thing? Is it a is it like a mental? Is it a psyche thing? What what prevents you from hiring someone to mow your lawn, for instance? The I believe what I've heard with people with carpentry and, you know, simple carpentry, uh, you know, mowing the lawn and things like that is, is almost 100% of the time, the time that it takes to do it. And of course, 
in this beautiful weather that I'm having in my state where it's 100% humidity, um, you know, it's a good weight loss plan, but you can also die too when you're out there doing it. So um, I I would say time more than money because, you know, what is it, 30 bucks to have somebody mow your lawn? Uh, You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, like on your street, what is the percentage of people who mow their own lawns versus having someone cut it or I think every, plow, their, plow their driveways or whatever? Oh, well, cutting their lawns. We have a couple of elderly women. I'm sorry, their husbands passed on. So I have to just say women who have their lawns cut, but everybody else cuts their own lawn around here. Huh? Everybody. Okay. Even even some of the uh, women that that have, you know that are by themselves, uh, right. they do their own lawns. It's just the elderly uh, women that don't cut their own lawns. Hmm. Igor, is it any different on the left coast in terms of a threshold of either money or time? I mean, some to some to some extent, it can be therapeutic to shovel your driveway or snow blow your driveway or even cut your lawn or something like that. But is it any different out there than it is in the Midwest? I'm sure it is. I think, again, depending on the area, I'm sure in a more kind of community-based uh, town or or city in in Southern California, I'm sure you have those kids who offer to mow your lawn or whatever um but in you know richer neighborhoods they have whole whole lawn and maintenance people come through and i don't know if there are certain neighborhoods that literally hire collectively a lawn maintenance service to come through and work their lawns every once in a while but uh i think you you definitely see a lot of businesses um Typically Mexican uh, yeah. men you working in, in lawn service. Come on. I, Come on, man. I did not mean to say it. <laughs> oh, so uh, if, if, But yeah, I think, you know, because, well, I, I guess a question I'd have for you two is if some kid in the neighborhood came and offered to mow your lawn, would you out of his appreciation for his entrepreneurial spirit, would you let him mow it or? It's interesting that you asked that because there, there was in the spring for the first time in many years, a, a very uh, good looking, obviously uh, polite young man, probably, I guess, 17, 18, 16 came by and asked. And at the time I, I must say I was slightly tempted, even though I always mow my own lawn until now, which my lawnmower is currently broken. So if he came, I definitely would. But yeah, I mean, I was very impressed that that he uh, came around and asked. So in retrospect, I probably would have said yes at least once or twice. When when uh, you do yours, uh, do you do your own lawn because of your name? Uh, because of my name. Oh, oh, geez. Duh. G-Man, as far as you know, has Stacy Eastwood ever mowed her lawn? No. (laughs) You answered that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, she has not. Nor has my betrothed. Neither one of them have uh, touched them more. They always threaten to do it, but uh, they never do. So, And that's fine. I, I, I don't mind doing it. Wow, look at this. The time has flown, Igor. We appreciate you uh, being on the podcast, as always. We need, we do need to ask you, and being a faithful listener, you probably heard us discussing this, but we can't let you go until you answer the question. Do you, do you consider yourself a Christian or an American first? I think um, what some, some of you have previously said is they really do go hand in hand. To be uh, the best Christian is to be the best American, and I think vice versa. So, yeah, if you're living up to the highest ideal of a Christian and living in a Christ-like way, you are the definition of a good American. 
you love your neighbor, you love your country, you love God, most importantly. So there you go. Well spoken. All right, G-Man, any final words? No, I can't say any more without dragging this out a lot longer, and, and I will do that next week. Okay. And I appreciate you coming on too, Igor, and we'd like to have you on again and uh, keep your eyes open for all sorts of strange things that go on out there and and uh, let us know what's going on. I certainly will. Always a pleasure to be on here. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep on sharing. Keep on subscribing. And keep on coming back to the right angle. That was easy.